with how long we've been in this, the MMA terms really seep into your brain and invade every part of our lives. Like, it, like I've been describing food as like undisputed, all time great. You find this as well? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, even something like uh, I'm tapping out on that or, or whatever. You know, I'll, I'll uh, say that. And, uh, yeah, my, my family is slowly learning the terminology as well. Yeah. Do you find this with battle bots as well? Like, have you ever described a fighter as like he needs a blade of armor or he has interchangeable weaponry? <laughs> Maybe we get to that point at some point. You know, that would be pretty cool. Uh, just going in there with armor. Uh, that's funny. I haven't, I haven't really made that. I think more from fighting over to BattleBots because that's what I know way more. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm not sure I've made that connection from BattleBots to fighting. But, but you're giving me some good ideas. I like. That. Well, I was trying to find some BattleBots terms to use for that reference, and yeah, you're right. Fighting terms really lend themselves well. Most of them were just yeah. fighting terms, weren't they? Well, I think that's what's so cool. You know, not to go off topic, but I think that's what, what's so cool about BattleBots in a way is like you see a lot of common themes like um you know combat is combat no matter what yes. and i think that's what i find so interesting is just kind of the same themes whether it's you know getting underneath someone's center of mass or you know hitting them really hard at the right angles or you know being defensively sound it, it, it's what makes it so fascinating yeah. oh it's a ton of fun to watch as well yeah. and i think there's another season coming up next year but we got to get to some pfl action here yes. before we yeah. plug all that <laughs> i want you to take a victory lap here because when it was news broke about francis and ganu being a free agent you were the first and loudest voice to say get him in the pfl and man look at us now look at what we got out of this this is a huge deal francis in the pfl right it was all me it was all me i i deserve 100 percent of the credit <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You know, um, I, thank you. No, I, I, I tried to, you know, uh, chirp about that because I really felt that he would have been such a game changer in a lot of different ways. You know, you're talking about one of the biggest uh, signings in mixed martial arts history. And, you know, taking him from such a behemoth like the UFC, I think was a big deal, um, not only for Francis, but for the sport in general, because I think it gets other fighters to go, you know what, there actually are other options outside of the UFC if necessary. And I think it's it's a great time to become a, uh, to be a mixed martial arts fan and to be a mixed martial arts fighter uh, right now. I, I think I think it's perfect. So I think, um, you know, these are the things, these are kind of the momentum shifts that could happen. And I, I imagined it to be that way. And, and it certainly has, has, has been that. I think time will tell whether that is the case. But um, I think it starts a very new, interesting wave uh, within mixed martial arts. And I don't think newer fans realize how good competition is for us as viewers. Like, I remember when I was young, we used to have Fedor and Anderson Silva compete on the same night. And now we're kind of getting back to that point where there is real, really just like the everything outside the UFC right now is tremendous. And you have to be watching the PFL and these other organizations, right? I think so. I, I think the level is getting better all the time. Now, you know, anytime you are first to the market, you have such an advantage, right? And people just know what they know. They know what they see. And a, a lot of people haven't turned on to the PFL just yet. And just because it's out in some other organization, you know, a, a lot of people go, ah, well, it's not the UFC, this and that. But, you know, you see a lot of fighters, some have done well that have come over from the UFC and some have not. You know, you look at a guy like Anthony Pettis, who was, you know, at one point, one of the pound for pound greats in the sport. And he came over and really had a very, very tough time just trying to get one win uh, in the PFL. Not, you know, and I'm not trying to, um, you know, I, I think Anthony Pettis is a fantastic fighter. I'm not trying to talk bad about Anthony Pettis, but it just shows how difficult it is. 
first of all, the level of the fighting over in the PFL, but also how difficult it is to just get through the season and get into the playoffs. It is so difficult. It's such a it's such a tight turnaround as far as fights. So managing your camps, staying injury free, uh, pacing yourself throughout the year. I mean, it's four fights in eight months. I don't know of many fighters that can do that, that can get through that healthy and win all of those is extremely because I don't care who you are what kind of skills you have it's extremely difficult and for those guys that are able to do that in the PFL they are studs whether you know it no matter what you know the durability the reliability um you know the, the intelligence to get through those fights is is no easy task so I think it offers a different flavor uh for for the mixed martial art fan out there Man, how about that transition? Let's get right into it. Like you, you set us up, we can go to the tournament now. Um, I, I did want to ask as well, I was talking to Antonio Plazabot, top-ranked kickboxer, who works with Ante D'Elia. And he was like, yeah, for Francis Ngannou, of course we trained together for that fight. Like, everyone's kind of getting behind it. They're like, this might be the fight that we're looking at Q1 next year. Because Ante D'Elia, I don't think people realize how good his training squad is with Plazabot, former KSW champion Soldich. Um, I mean, he works with Mirko Krokop, the legend. Like, that's a yes. banger of a fight right there, isn't it? Look at your knowledge. Amazing, man. Very impressive. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when Ante was going to sign with the PFL, there were two suitors. It was the UFC and the PFL that wanted him. And mm -hmm. he ended up signing with the PFL. So, you know, it's so it's hilarious because if Ante Delia was showing those skills and he was fighting in the UFC, everyone would be saying how great Ante Delia is. He's doing this and that. Well, you know, because he's in the PFL, people kind of disregard him. Now, I guarantee you he would give a lot of the top five guys fits in the UFC. It doesn't mean that he would go out there and be a champion. He might, but I, I guarantee you he would be a top five talent in the UFC. I really think he's that good, especially at this stage of the game with his ability to put it all together. And now that he has that much, much, that much more experience, I think he would do extremely well there. So yeah, that, that could be a fight in, in on the horizon for him, him and Francis Ngannou. Um, so yeah, I, I think that uh, Ante has put himself in that position based on what he did last year, this year, course he missed the first flight but uh, did get it done in his last one you know I, I would have liked to seen him even more impressive in his last win if I'm being honest um, but uh, you know you never know what's going on whether he came in with an injury or something else so uh, and of course he did go against a a very motivated fight a very motivated fighter in Mo so uh, yeah. yeah we'll see what happens so and then we also have Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury we'll get we'll do like one minute because we actually have to get to stuff but I assume yeah. you were the the controlling hand behind all of this as well yeah, of course. <laughs> Pulling the strings everywhere, man. Yeah, I know. That, that's going to be interesting, man. Him and Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, one of the best heavyweight boxers, uh, I think, probably of all time. You look at his size and the way he moves for a man that big is just insane. So a very tall task, literally and figuratively, uh, for Francis Ngannou. But do not underestimate Francis Ngannou. Everything that he has said that was going to come true has come true. A guy that powerful in all facets of the game. Um, is not to be underestimated. So I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah. But, and, and, and no, there's no hyperbole when it comes to Francis that when the book is written on him, at, at, you know, in a few years, in a decade, he will have lived one of the most interesting lives of any single human being in history from where he started to where he was and then turned around against the organizations and then made it into the PFL, made it into heavyweight boxing. Like that is unreal. Beautifully said. I, I think, um, He's he was a fighter before he was a fighter, right? You, you look at his mentality just to get into France and all the things that he needed to go through in his life. You know, he posted some picture maybe a month ago, a few weeks ago anyway, of where he grew up. And it was just basically this hut 
on a dirt floor with nothing. And, um, you know, I think for people in the United States, it's very hard for us to comprehend that. You know, we think poor area, we think like, oh, like uh, maybe a dilapidated house or something like, like he didn't even have that. Like, you know, like you were talking about poverty on the level of like, you don't have access to running water. Like for, for us in, you know, uh, first world uh, society, it's, it's even tough for us to comprehend that. But when you realize where he comes from and what he has accomplished at this stage of the game, it is mind bending. And um, I'm just so happy for the guy. He deserves all of his success. And he's just getting started, I think. Uh, just getting started, man. Tremendous. Can't wait to see it. And we'll keep we'll keep the uh, the story updated as things go into next year. But let's get to the, the upcoming fights on August 4th. I have one that I really want to get into. Uh, Impa Kasagane will be fighting the seven-time national wrestling champion Martin Hamlet in the light heavyweight semifinals. I love this matchup. Like, Martin is such a cool, interesting guy. He was talking about, like, I used to play World of Warcraft. Now, I, you know, being a wrestling champion. But Impa, yeah. he's like a, a warrior monk. Like, he's just so thoughtful it, he's such an interesting guy what do you make of the matchup coming up on august 4th i love the assessment i think that's accurate i think impa kasang and i you know even though martin hamlet is called the dark horse um i think impa is probably the dark horse in that division i think he's one of the guys that could go out there and win it all and you know of course he, he's not you know what a lot of people consider the favorite but I, I think you you put it very well he's very stoic in his approach he doesn't you know get caught into the high highs or the low lows he, he stays even keeled and i think it's important for a fighter and someone who wants to be a champion to to be uh level-headed uh and to keep that composure throughout and so far he has kept that focus i think that he has an interesting matchup towards the strength and size of martin hamlet if you're going to beat someone with the size and strength of hamlet you're going to need footwork and you're going to need speed and I think he has those things that could give Martin Hamlet a very difficult time. Of course, he's got to stop the takedown. He's got to find a way to get on the inside without giving up that takedown. Um, and because of his low center of mass, I think it's going to be tough for Martin Hamlet to get underneath him and get his legs and take him down. But uh, Martin Hamlet is a very experienced wrestler. He also has uh, shown great improvements over the years in the PFL. Um, and his size and strength is significant. And, uh, and, and again, we always see him better. So... Uh, he's a guy that could get to the finals, so watch out for that. But I, I think that's going to be a fantastic fight, as you said. Yeah, I'm so excited for that one. But if one person that I just can't get out of my mind, like when when then when this person beat Kayla Harrison last year, we did like 45 minutes on a podcast just talking about like where does this rank in all-time upsets? Because this is amazing. And with Larissa Pacheco, the framing is that for her entire life she's been the underdog. She's not anymore. Like, who can stop her? She's the, she's the favorite to stomp over everyone in this division. And she's going to be fighting on August 18th. I'm pumped for it. What do you think of Larissa? She's an absolute juggernaut. And uh, certainly the favorite heading into this. Um, you look at everything that she has done over the last couple of years. She has only improved. She is an absolute finishing machine. And talking with her, you know, she seems like this brute, you know, when she gets out, in the, gets out there in the cage and just decimates her opponents. But when you talk to her behind the scenes, she is so intelligent and she knows exactly what she's doing, why she's doing it, and how she needs to do it. Like her breakdown of fighters is always so dang accurate. Uh, so I think her, her MMA IQ, her knowledge of the game is something that is underestimated due to the fact that she just goes out there and you know destroys her opponents with, with power and speed. 
Um, and, and of course, that that is significant for sure. But I think people will, will go on to appreciate her overall skill and execution as a fighter. And I said it after she beat Kayla Harrison, she cannot be denied as one of the best female fighters in the world. And I, I have loads of respect for Amanda Nunes. But in my opinion, the way that she matches up, I was saying she is one of the few that probably can match the striking of Amanda Nunes as far as speed, power, technique. Of course, Amanda Nunes has has retired. I wish her the best. She is one of the sweetest people in the sport. But I, I, I saw Larissa Pacheco as maybe the only one who could uh, beat someone like a Nunes. Just unreal stuff. And then we got one minute. Let's talk about Sadabu Sai. He's going to be fighting on August 23rd. He's one of the most exciting fighters in the PFL. Two knockout wins already in 2023. Come on. you He is must-see TV. He really is. And not, not to mention that last fight. He called the knockout. He said, I want a viral knockout. Well, that's exactly what he did. To call that out with that level of confidence and actually go out and execute it is just insane. And we're seeing Sadabusi put it all together, you know, as far as his mental skills, his physical skills, his technical skills. It's all coming together. Why? He always had that striking, but he didn't always have that grappling skill. So now that he's confident that he can keep it on the feet, he's letting those weapons fly, and man, are they flying. Oh, man, look at us. It's so hard in this industry. Like, it was, we're just so long-winded, you know? I got, like, 1% of my notes we got through <laughs> so much other stuff. But here, Kenny Florian, you get the last word here. Talk us on out of here. Got about 30 seconds left. Shout out who you need to shout out. Thank who you need to thank. All that good, good stuff, my friend. Thanks so much, man. You know, not a whole lot to shout out. You can check me out uh, at Kenny Florian, whether it's on Twitter or uh, Instagram, and um, hit me up if you have any questions. And wanted to give out, give a shout out to the Anakin Florian podcast if you guys want to check that out um, on the DraftKings YouTube channel or uh, anywhere, audio-wise, anywhere uh, there's a podcast platform, you can check it out. So uh, appreciate it so much, man. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll talk soon. Appreciate your time. Thank you, sir.